Big day in the Supreme Court. We'll get into that here in just a second. If you own or uh, if you own a proper uh, home or a property, you don't want to be a victim of home title fraud. If you have a cyber criminal who gets onto your home's title and they can take out loan after loan after loan against your equity, and your equity is, especially in America, is so much more than just you know a number on a on a piece of paper. It's probably your retirement. It's probably what you might leave to your kids later on in at the end of your life. I mean, it's really your entire financial future in so many people's cases. And so you can't have that stolen by a cyber criminal when you're not even going to be alerted to it until way, way too late. You need Home Title Lock to protect you uh, from this stuff before it begins. Home Title Lock is the the nation's leader in home title fraud prevention. And you can go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address. You'll see if you're already a victim of this and don't even know it yet. And when you register your home, you there'll be a place to tell them that Stu sent you. If you do that, you get 30 risk-free days of protection. HomeTitleLock.com is the place to go to protect your home and your home's title. HomeTitleLock.com. Radio show starts here in about five seconds. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Today and tomorrow could be game-changing for the United States of America. We could have riots on the streets. That's what uh, Jane's Revenge is planning on. We'll see. Today, it, it, it could be some of the biggest changes, including um, a change with the EPA that could stop this onslaught from the administration. But we'll see. We're going to tell you about the 13 remaining cases that are coming, we believe, today and tomorrow. They could go into next week, but there's only 13. They've been doing uh, about five per day. They've added Friday. Usually they do two uh, days a week. This would be a third day. They may clear the docket in the next two days. We begin there in 60 seconds. So Julia wrote about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I wanted to, wanted you to know how much I love Relief Factor. I had my right knee and both of my hips replaced. Ow! They had been giving me problems for numbers of years, but ever since I started using Relief Factor, I can now climb the stairs normally instead of one at a time. It's so much better. Thank you, Relief Factor. Listen, if you're dealing with pain, please... Give Relief Factor a try. It is not a drug, so it's not going to space you out or change your personality. It's a natural way to fight inflammation, which causes most of the infl- uh, 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 most of the pain and the troubles in our body. It's uh, a three-week quick start now, developed just for you. It's 19.95. It's a dollar a day. 
It's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. And that says everything you need to know. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or call 800 4 the number 4 relief. 800 4 relief. It's ReliefFactor.com. Okay, so there are many, many, many uh, big cases that could be game-changing. We're going to go over a few of them. I think today we might get the ruling on the EPA. If our theory is correct, they'll release six cases today, seven cases tomorrow, which would clear the docket. They've been averaging about five uh, every day, so it's not a big leap to add two tomorrow and one today. Uh, but that would leave the Supreme Court still in Washington, D.C. for a week after the Roe versus Wade uh, decision. Stu joins us now. Stu, I can only come up with 12 cases that still remain on the docket. Um, but uh, let's go through some of these. Um, I, I, I actually would really like to start uh, with West Virginia versus the epa this one is i think could be as game-changing as the commerce clause was for fdr in the other direction back in the 1940s what happened in the 1940s the commerce commerce clause allows the federal government to regulate trade between states etc etc well fdr's administration took that and said well Everything fits into uh, federal jurisdiction, because even if you're even if you're using wheat or selling wheat or growing wheat, the pollination will go from one wheat farm to another wheat farm across state lines. And so we have to regulate that. You know, some of the products made by wheat or if you are building a car in Detroit, well, where are you getting the products? Maybe some of them come from another place. This allowed the federal government to bring in OSHA and all of these uh, federal agencies into our lives. That's the biggest problem that the um, progressives brought to the administration, and it's long overdue to be overturned. This one doesn't overturn that. However, this one does uh, uh, say that the EPA doesn't have the right to just make up a law if it's vague. This would go for not only clean air, but it would also go for um, the uh, drugs that now, you know, you have to take them. OSHA says we're there to protect uh, workers, so now you have to take the vaccine, etc. All of the government overreach that we've seen recently and is still in the pipeline coming, this could change that course dramatically. Do I have this right, Stu? Yeah, I think what people, when you think about this particular case, you should think about it as the most important case that will affect your every everybody's daily life. Right. Where, look, abortion is a huge, huge ruling, but most people aren't going to get abortions. Right. I still think it's a more important case, but it's not it's not most people don't get abortions. Most people, I mean, statistically, most people don't carry their firearms with them. Uh, Correct. When we're talking about the Second Amendment case, which is very important. So uh, 
I would say the abortion case is uh, a huge moral case, mm-hmm. but not one that's going to affect your everyday life, but will affect us as people and our country in the direction of our country. Mm-hmm. The Second Amendment is a very important constitutional case, um, even though it won't affect most people, because like you said, most people don't carry guns. But the same can be said about the EPA, except unlike guns, and I think this is the point you were making, unlike guns, this will touch all of our lives. This will touch us at the gas station, uh, in our place of business, at our homes, everything. Yeah, and basically this addresses essentially a workaround that the government has developed over the years, which is, hey, I really want something. And Congress won't pass a law to address it, so what if I just do it? This is something that Obama, in 2000, I think it was 14, decided to do with climate change, where he said, we're just going to start regulating these power plants. And everyone said, well, you have been trying to pass legislation to do this for years and years and have been unsuccessful doing it. How can you all of a sudden decide that you're going to do it? And he said, well, we looked back. We found, it's like the... um, uh, the Nicolas Cage movie, the Constitution movie, they like found a secret part of the Clean Air Act that will allow them to do this. It was it was text and written in invisible ink on the back. Right. Mm-hmm. And only progressives have the special glasses. Right. Exactly. And so yeah, right. what they basically did is say we have the power based on this old old uh, part of the Clean Air Act that had never been used before to do this. And their their argument was it was written in such a vague way that the EPA can just make up their own rules on it. And this is something we've talked about before. It's called Chevron deference, which goes back to a, an old Supreme Court case, which basically says, if we're not sure, if it's really vague the way the law is written, then whatever agency is tied into it can pretty much decide and write their own law, uh, which is a, this is a terrible, terrible idea. It's something that is Absol- absolutely against the way the founders believed this country would work. Correct. I mean, they didn't even have right. any of these and, agencies, and so unconsti- we know this for a fact. Right. <laughs> right. It's absolutely unconstitutional. And that is, this is the direction the Biden and Obama and Wilson administration, FDR, this is the direction they want to take the country. They want to uh-huh. take it away from Congress and the courts. They want to just to be able to. And this is, you know, when this was first thought of at the turn of the century, this word wasn't a bad word yet. They want to just dictate. They want a dictator at the top who is just an administrator. And, you know, Congress will say, yep, we think that uh, smoking is bad. And then the administration can do whatever it wants regarding smoking. Yeah. Now, obviously, the with this particular case specifically, it would have to do a lot with things like energy prices. And uh, there's tons and tons of rules, not the one that we're talking about here, but there's tons and tons of rules already in the EPA that affect your energy prices and your your freedom to spend your money the way that you you want to. The, the particular rule here was important put in place by Obama, but was actually taken out by Trump. So it's not currently in effect, but it addresses this overarching idea. And if you want to talk about a really relevant, really relevant usage of these types of powers, it's what you saw happen to you during uh, COVID, where places like the CDC, places like uh, OSHA were able to come up with these wide ranging powers we never knew they had because they had a general dictate to prevent, uh, to help, uh, you know, 
the health of the uh, of the American people. And so they take that and they they broaden it wildly. It's how they tried to do vaccine mandates. But again, that was shot down in the courts. It's how they tried to uh, to uh, do the um, the the rent, the eviction ban. That was another thing they uh, attempted to do this way. And we've seen the courts uh, eventually get angry at that as well. If that's if this gets overturned, there's a good chance that a lot of that stuff will go away. And you we we are so used to it. Wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it will go away because the Biden administration knows these things are being overturned. They know that they're not supposed to do it. They just do it. Until they uh, are told to stop and then they just continue to do it. Yeah. Until the court or somebody, Congress, somebody puts teeth into it and says that is all that's already been ruled on. And we're taking away your money until you stop this. Yeah. I don't think it's going to stop. And of course, they will try and try and try. The good thing is, though. When a when a ruling like this comes down, it supposedly will set a precedent that lower courts will immediately re- overturn this stuff when it's attempted. You know, one of the big tactics of the left is to pass a big, obviously unconstitutional law, let it take effect, let it have effect on people so that they change their habits, they change their procedures and then when it gets overturned in court, well, everyone's already changed already, so it's not that, that big of a deal. The problem with that approach is that they lose the power going forward a lot of times. They can only use it that one time. They've tried to amend this process. They did it, they've done this with guns many times, where they'll pass an obviously unconstitutional gun law. It, as it's winding through the courts, they will, uh, it will start taking effect. People will have to give up their guns. They'll have to do all these things. And by the time it gets up to the Supreme Court, they then nullify the law. They, t- they repeal it and then say it's moot. We don't even have the law anymore. What are you talking about? Why are we going to the Supreme Court? Because they want to be able to avoid the, the long-term repercussions of losing that power because it would get shut down in the, in the lower do, courts. They could do that. But didn't this court take this case after Trump had already overturned it yeah that's why right? i'm hopeful Through executive order this is why i'm hopeful on this one yeah. because they I mean, took why this would you take it if you're... to make a statement yeah. about this particular procedure and it's totally out of control and the point at, th- at this point this is such a part of your daily life you don't even know it's going on it's all these rules that you are lived by if you own a business if you work at a business all of these rules have been implemented through the administrative state in in such a thorough way that it's become essentially the way our country operates and it was never intended to be that way by the founders uh, the progressives certainly like it but this could be a real dagger in that whole idea which would just mean that they'd have to freaking pass laws if they want to do stuff. They could still do a lot of stuff that we won't like, but they actually have to pass a law. Their argument is, look, these Congress congressmen don't have the expertise in these particular areas. They're not environmental experts, so they're not going to know what to put in these laws. But there's nothing preventing them asking these experts before they present the text of the law. They can get expert guidance beforehand, and they should get expert guidance beforehand. But the, you know, they can't just implement a generic phrase and then let all these bureaucrats that are unelected and unaccountable continue to put these powers in on the American people. That's not the way our government's supposed and, to operate. And there is plenty of evidence from our founding fathers, especially Jefferson. He Jefferson hated these so-called experts. 
he didn't trust he didn't trust the experts he didn't trust the judges he didn't trust the the education uh, system he just didn't trust it and most of them i mean that's why of the people for the people by the people that's why the people are involved in this we have a representative well if they're not educated enough well then they need to educate themselves or they need to call a hearing and bring all of the educated in front of them and us so we can make the decision. But some unelected expert does not make a decision because they have all the facts that that's that's that goes against everything we know about self-rule. Mm. I'm, I'm really, really, really hopeful uh, on on this. This could be a real true change in the course of america at least legally but if they make all of these changes i will tell you uh not only are you going to see jane's revenge on the street and bombings at abortion or pro-life centers because that's what they've said they're going to do uh but you're also going to see a massive push to pack the court uh because the progressives don't like it when they don't get their way they kick and scream until they do um, all right, we're going to come back with more court cases here in just a second. The Supreme Court is about probably 40 minutes away from uh, releasing its first decision. And these are the last 13, and quite a few of them make a huge difference. Let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. So these books are used by homeschoolers like crazy. Um, Rebecca wrote in, she said, I'm amazed at how much my son can understand and actually uses what he's learning even at a young age. He routinely tells his older sister that he has the right to say things even if she doesn't like it because he has the right to free speech and no one could take that away, even sisters. I will tell you that um, I have uh, friends who homeschool and their kids are quoting the Tuttle Twins all the time. And they say things like that. They, they understand the basics of America. If we are going to save America... We have to stop learning, you know, dates and uh, uh, and and names of people that were in wars and start remembering the points and why we went to war, what these things meant. Why were we thinking what we thought? Why are the laws the way they are? And Tuttle Twins books will help you do that. Tuttle Twins, they're having a great sale right now, 35% off their books, plus they're giving away their activity workbooks at no additional cost. Huge discount off the normal price. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get your discount, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane in a crazy socialist world. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I have to tell you, Stu, one of the one of the uh, cases the Supreme Court will be taking up in the next year or so has got to be this gun bill. If it passes, this thing is riddled, riddled with problems. Um, you know, if you have a juvenile record, you're prohibited from uh, buying guns. I thought, wait, I thought that was supposed to be erased when you turn 18. I thought juvenile records were were sacred right yeah i mean i think this is what they're trying to address and you can see where a problem could potentially creep up there right if someone sure. is uh, if sure. someone's put in a mental institution at 17 and a half and gets out three days before his birthday 
that's the type of thing that even conservatives obviously would would theoretically want to prevent uh, if someone was violent or something like that, uh, you'd want to prevent someone from buying a gun. That's been, you know, mental health has obviously been the focus of of conservatives on on these things. It's just a matter of like, look, these are these are rules. There's rules and process in place for a reason. And you really you have problems when you start trying to just disrupt those rules because you really want something. So here's the here's the real problem with the red flag laws in this bill it incentivizes it gives money to local you know groups that are going to do secret hearings so you're not you're not allowed if the red flag law is being evoked uh, against you you're not notified they have a hearing without you you are only granted an attorney let me see if i have this right here um you are you are allowed to have uh an attorney uh, at the appropriate phase. So in other words, they're going to have this meeting. They're going to have this hearing. It's all in secret. Then after they decide you get, you can have an attorney, but only at the appropriate phase. And it's at your expense. So you have to prove yourself uh, innocent instead of the, the courts proving you guilty. And they process. take away everything for that's not there's no due process there. Um, they also expand the definition of engaged in business. What they used to say is if you're selling a gun, you're engaged in business with the principal objective of livelihood and profit. Um, they've changed that now. So now it's just if you're engaged in business. Well, wait, so am I a private seller Am I engaged in business? Because what they're going to do is they're going to make you have a license if you ever want to sell anything to anybody, mm-hmm. which will, you know, what it happens when you, you know, you have to have a hair washing license. Um, the new, There's new misdemeanor firearm uh, prohibitions. They are expanding the definition uh, of prohibiting misdemeanor uh, domestic violence. And they do it in such a way that it's pretty much a catch-all for really any kind of problems. And they're empowering your employer to ask for a firearms background check prior to your employment or during your current employment, even if it has nothing to do with your job. What is that? This thing will head to the Supreme Court because this is this is reckless and does nothing to stop these crimes. The Glenn Beck program. More in a second. Um, Chrissy wrote in about her dog's experience with rough green. She says we have two pointers which hunt at least four days a week, if not more. Wow. Their skin's been dry and flaky and their coats dull and rough. Within two weeks of using rough greens, we've been able to see a bounce back level of energy as well as their coats being amazingly shiny and smooth and no more dry, flaky skin. We couldn't be happier. Rough greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food and it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in rough greens. Most dogs love it and go crazy, but just in case your dog doesn't, they don't want you paying for it. Um, what they want to do is send you a first bag free. 
So you can just check it out and see if your dog loves it. If your dog loves it as much as Uno and all the other dogs that I know, uh, if they love it, you just order some more and then you watch the difference and watch how your dog changes, not only physically, but I think mentally and activity-wise. All you pay for is shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN33. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I want to just go through a couple of other things that are really important. We'll get back to the Supreme Court as the Supreme Court is going to start uh, uh, revealing what their... Uh, what their final verdict is on uh, all of these really important cases facing the Supreme Court. We're getting probably five of them today, maybe uh, six. Uh, we will we will see shortly and we'll cover them as they come out uh, live. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to mention here. A, uh, a new Russian threat to target the residents of Lithuania Um has uh should i should say should wake up america a bit to what we are facing uh the state department our state department has now warned russia any attack on lithuania is an attack on the united states of america now i believe i have said for a very long time Stu, correct me if i'm if i'm wrong that World War III is going to start in a country that we really don't really know anything about, and we would think it would be ridiculous for us to go to war over that. <laughs> yes, you have said that I before. think and we- Lithuania would fit into that category. We've seen that before in many wars start this way. Right. And it seems yeah. to it seems to always yep, yep, start yep. that way with some weird event that no one thinks is a big deal at the time. And it blows up into something else. And then we're all killing each other a few years later. Yeah. Does it bother anybody that this war in Ukraine just seems to be spiraling out of control a bit? What happened to we were winning and, uh, you know, everything is great. I think I think the ruble is now at like a seven year high. Yeah, some crazy. Of the, what what some of the economic stuff it, it can get a little overblown. I think I, I, you know I've been I've read some stuff again. Like being I would say being an expert on the ruble is not on my business card currently. So I I yeah, will say my, some hesitation here. But like there is a they're doing stuff to prop up the ruble internally. Like for example, forcing their companies that are there to hold certain really ridiculous amounts of the ruble um in their treasuries which for a while can hold the ruble up right for a while you can just keep increasing that number and make your your entire economy hold all of their money in rubles to prop up the ruble eventually though that's going to run out uh that's at least the theory from uh-huh. economists uh the same thing with oil where like you know they're getting higher prices but the volume is way down, so it's not necessarily that they're taking in more money. Uh, so some of the economic stuff, I think, I mean, I look, I think they are hurt economically. I don't think this has been a boon to them economically. Uh, but it is, I think, the truth that they tried this full-scale invasion all at once, thinking probably that Ukraine would be excited to have them. 
and uh, that didn't happen. So they focused all of their forces now in one one area, and that is overwhelming the Ukrainian forces. I mean, they're still both taking a lot of losses, but it's a lot easier for Russia to succeed when they're focusing on one area like this. Just really keep your eye on what's going on. Don't move your eyes off of Ukraine um, mm-hmm. because things could get ugly very, very fast. Yesterday, the Dow plunged 400 more points. The Wall Street banks yesterday began to warn of significant downturn and uh, an increased recession odds. The White House is still denying that there's any chance at all of any kind of recession. We're, we're in a transition period, um, and that's what's so exciting. According to the White House, there's no recession coming. We're just in a transition and I think that's right. We're, um, you know, in a transition from a free market into some sort of totalitarian state where the uh, where the administrator, uh, Joe Biden, just keeps wanting to, you know, take things over. Don't know if you saw this, but uh, he demanded yesterday that gas stations lower their prices. He said, do it now. Do it today. Bring down the price you're charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Joe, that's not how businesses work. Okay? They can't keep their doors open if they're only charging what they paid for it. Because they also need to charge for the lights and the building and all of the supplies and the people working there at the gas station. They have to have a profit margin, but you have only been in the private sector your whole life. So you don't understand that. He said, I want the Congress and the states and the industry to do their part because I'm doing my part. Now, that's fantastic, but not as fantastic uh, as what Granholm said later. So they're asking for a tax holiday, which is ridiculous ridiculous first we you know practically emptied out our strategic reserves now they want a a tax holiday on gas tax but they're not going to find and cut anything in the federal deficit in the federal budget so they got to keep paying for all of these you know equitable roadways and everything else so they're just going to find that money well they're going to find it at the fed And the Fed can't sell our treasuries to anybody. So the Fed will just print more money, put it on our bill, and then give it to the United States. So you'll have more money for gas, which is a good thing, but done exactly the wrong way. So now he's talking about a gas tax holiday, uh, which, again, would be good for the average person for a while. Um However, Granholm came out yesterday and said, if these companies don't lower the gas price, the president will use every tool he has, including the Defense Production Act. So this would be the what? The third time, Stu, that they've invoked the Defense Production Act, something that hasn't been used since the war in Korea. This is a wartime act. And if you think that they won't declare a national emergency, mark my words. When this happens, run for the hills. 
They are going to declare a national emergency on climate change, which is the worst. Then they'll issue it, and and maybe climate change will con- will uh, include the gas prices. Uh, otherwise, they'll do an energy uh, national emergency. They're going to do a food national emergency, which means the president will have total powers to be able to gobble up the free market. And if you don't, I mean, this is fascism. What he was talking about yesterday is fascism. Now, can I ask another question? There's so much to pay attention to. I, I, I'm sorry, we can barely keep up. I can't imagine what it's like with you, with the family and your kids and school and everything else that's going on. Uh, Matt Gates said uh, Saturday, the firearms policy under Biden, he is using every tool he can. There is a uh, a problem that the IRS from March 1st to June 1st, a three month span, the IRS bought seven hundred thousand dollars worth of ammunition. Now, why does the IRS need $700,000 worth of ammunition? There's only two answers. Now, this is on top of the, what, $1.8 billion that Department of Homeland Security spent on it. Uh, there's several agencies that are buying up ammunition now. There's two explanations. One is more nefarious than the other. Well... Yes, one is more nefarious than the other. One is they just have plans on arming everybody in every agency, and you will do exactly what they say, or they'll shoot. That's the most nefarious. The second is probably the most likely, although I wouldn't lay any of my money down on it. It's probably more risky than the stock market. The more likely of the two, I think, is that this is just another way to stop guns from being on the streets. They are going to use every lever they can. If the United States government is buying up all the ammunition, that only drives the cost of ammunition up and only depletes the market of ammunition. So, in effect, they stop you from being able to have any kind of ammunition. Remember, we told you on Monday of this week what was happening with Winchester, Winchester uh, makes uh, most of our 223 and 556 for the military. They have a military contract in it. Um, Winchester can sell about 30% uh, of their stock to the open market. And that provides the United States, you know, the average consumer with about 40 to 50% of all 556 and 223. The federal government was pressuring uh, Win, um, uh, Winchester to stop selling it to the open market. Um, that would be really bad for national defense. But beyond that, uh, it's just another sign that they're doing everything they possibly can to stop guns, to infringe on your Second Amendment rights. These are the kinds of things I think that might be caught up in a Supreme Court case um, uh, regarding the EPA. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll see. This is, you have to understand, boy, if you didn't read 
Philip Drew Administrator. Get it. It's a free Google book because nobody in their right mind would ever pay for it. <laughs> it is absolutely the worst book I think I've ever read. It's just so poorly written. But it was done by, I think it was written by Colonel House. He was the guy um, that was the main advisor and best friend to uh, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Wilson is said to have read it three times during his administration. He just loved it so much. It's so great. I think he said that because he wanted more and more people to read it. You should read it because it is exactly what Biden is trying to do right now. And I don't think I've ever gone into great detail. It's it's about the country is in chaos. The country's having all kinds of problems. And all of these people just love this hero, Philip Drew. He's a war hero, and he's great, and everybody loves him, and he's super, super honest. And all he does, he just loves the country so much, and everybody knows that he's not going to do anything to hurt the country because he's your average <gasps> Joe. So he becomes president but he doesn't want to be called president he just wants to be an administrator because he's not he's not qualified to be president he he just he's an administrator and he can just use all of the administrative tools of the presidency uh to get the experts in who know more than he does know more than the average person and he's gonna let science d settle everything and so he gets into office he begins to do exactly what joe biden is doing now and then he starts telling the country the companies in the country exactly what they can and cannot do exactly how they're going to do but based on experts i mean he's not an expert so he just listens to the expert. And then when the experts speak, he tells the people the news and the people rejoice because it's so wonderful having an expert administrate everything in American life. It goes on by a third, uh, by two thirds of the way in. Philip Drew is going, he's already abolished con Congress and he has rewritten the American Constitution uh, based on what the experts say. And then on top of that, he does something else special. He goes state to state and abolishes their state constitutions as well. Philip Drew Administrator, you can get it free on uh, Google Books. Uh, and it is a must read if you want to understand where this administration is going. All right, I have some really good news. Do we have the audio and video? If you happen to be watching The Blaze, I want to show you a baby that you have saved. A woman walks into a pregnancy center. Uh, and as she walks in, she's wanting to get an abortion as she walks into preborn and they give her because of your donations, an ultrasound. Here's the audio and video of that. Watch this. So, so if we could see that, look at that heartbeat. Look how big that baby is. That That's really the heart. Cool. Like you can see it all. Oh my the baby God. was so beautiful. Okay. They're calling this another Beck baby, a baby that you rescued. It is this is the best thing I think we can do with our time and our money. I really do. We can save we can save children from being murdered in the womb. Preborn. You don't have to march, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is they figured out if women see the ultrasound of their baby before an abortion they 80% of the time choose life. That's remarkable. Please, 
you can save five babies lives for one hundred and forty dollars for twenty eight dollars. You can sponsor one ultrasound. Eighty percent chance that baby lives because of you. It just go to pound. It just hit pound two fifty. I'm sorry, two five zero. Yeah, two fifty, and use the keyword baby, or you can donate securely at preborn.com/slash/back. I want you to do all your research on this. I want you to find out about them so you feel good about it. But boy, donate what you can. We have a goal of saving fifty thousand uh, babies by the end of the year, and we can surpass that if we all work together. Preborn.com/slash/back. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're getting ready for the Supreme Court. We have no idea. They could announce one, one decision today and one tomorrow. Um, we think that they are probably going to announce five or six today and then maybe up to seven tomorrow and they'd be done. But uh, they don't have to do that. They can do whatever they want. They have until the end of the month, which is next week. Um, and for security reasons, uh, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. There are a lot of really important cases. And in the next two days... All of them could come out. They, the first one is released here in about five and a half minutes. Uh, and we will be following them and giving you coverage on all of it as it happens. Don't go anywhere. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about a family-owned business. One that uh, was started about 20 years ago. One that maybe 15 or so years ago. I found out about they called me um, before the crash of 08 and they said, hey, we want you to represent us as a mortgage company. And I said, are you kidding me? You know, the mortgage companies, the banks have caused this mess and it's about to collapse. And they said, no, 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 we know that's why we want. You know, I said, you call me after the collapse and let's see how you held up. They were fine because they do the right thing for the customer. They don't they don't get kickbacks from the banks. None of their people that you call are on um, commissions, so there's no pressure. They try to do the right thing for you. It's American Financing. I want you to call them at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.com. If you are looking for a home loan, mortgage refi, any kind of form of debt consolidation, American Financing has you covered from coast to coast. So in the coming months, which are bound to be interesting, to say the least, get on top of your finances and uh, save as much money as you can. And I believe they can help you. Make a short 10-minute phone call to American Financing today, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net.
to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. There's a lot on our plate today. We're going to get right to it. The Supreme Court is um, letting us know some of their rulings today. We've already got one. It looks like it's a good ruling on the favor of the conservatives. We're going to do analysis and and all of it as all of these come out today. Plus an update from last night's TV show on uh, our school systems and how bad our school systems are becoming. More importantly, why you should never trust anyone who says, oh, no, we look at your student as our child. That's not true. We begin there in 60 seconds. During the summer, after long days outside, you ever notice how you kind of feel and look more tired than you normally would? The warm weather and the long days can leave you dehydrated and looking extra tired, not to mention the in and out of the, if you have getting in chlorinated water and just being outside just wears you down. Your skin looks worse and worse. That's why you got to try GenuCell's uh, classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness. GenuCell knows that the area under your eyes needs a different kind of hydration than the rest of your skin, and it's why they've sold over a million products, and the original GenuCell is still their top seller. Stop looking tired today and order GenuCell for bags and puffiness. You can order uh, now and save over 65% off retail. And with its immediate effects, you get results in 12 hours or your money back. Order the classic GenuCell today with their most popular package and save over 65%. You're going to love GenuCell. It's the best in skincare. GenuCell.com slash Beck. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Enter the promo code Beck for an extra discount at checkout. Every order includes GenuCell's dark spot corrector free plus free shipping. It's GenuCell.com slash Beck. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. Okay, uh, Stu, quickly, we're going to go into analysis later. Just quickly, what uh, decisions have we received from uh, the uh, Supreme Court? Uh, so one so in Berger versus North Carolina NAACP was a case about voter ID law, basically who could argue for it uh, in the state. Not a huge high profile one that everyone was talking about, but it was an 8-1 decision written by Gorsuch. And it, the only dissent was Sotomayor. So as you can imagine, probably goes the way that you'd want it to go if you're a conservative. Uh, what we see here is these opinions get released by sen- reverse seniority. So that means no Amy Coney Barrett decisions today, no Brett Kavanaugh decisions today. Gorsuch is up uh, now. He could have another one. And then you go into Kagan, Sotomayor, and then Alito, which is if you're going to get Dobbs, hopefully where you would get it. Uh, and then, of course, f- filling up the uh, the last one would be Roberts because he's chief justice uh, so anyway, this is where we're going now. We're going we're gonna to get at least one more. We only know one more at a time. So when a new decision comes out, yeah. we'll know if there's one more or if it's the last one. And that's the only way it goes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Stu. I want to bring in uh, Ricky Rat- uh, Ratliff, uh, Rat- Ratliff, who is my executive producer. I mean, I don't, I don't, I have no idea. I've got a block on I don't. I don't know what it is. I know. I know. I know. Um, All right. So, Ricky, um, I asked her to look into something because uh, she has real journalistic chops. She's the one that makes sure that uh, everything that we say between her and Stu is accurate and gets a final check. I had. I came to her two months ago with a um, with a story about a school locally in Texas. 
And um, it it happened to a, a guy, a contractor that I know, a, a good friend, whose child has really gone through the ringer in the last few years. And the school uh, was was not helpful, to say the least. Can you tell the story and then go over what you found in this? Yeah. And I'm going to be relying on some notes because this is now turned legal. Yes, this has become legal. So I'll be referring to some notes to make sure that I get all my facts straight. But um, basically, there's a school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. It's called Springtown High School. And Travis's daughter, Aaliyah, a few years ago, she suffered a brutal rape. And as a consequence of that, she's had a lot of trauma and suffered depression and has been suicidal over the last two years. So Travis decided he wanted to make sure that he got his daughter into the right school that would put her in a program for that had special needs and, you know, attended to um, kids like her that, you know, wanted to learn but also needed a little bit of extra care and attention. So um, it, it, I should point out that because of the, the rape and the depression, she has been on some, some medication to help keep her balanced yes this was a this was a horrible horrible incident and i i, I really love the the family because the father is right right on top of it and 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 so caring and she has had uh, an attempted suicide um because of this yeah in the past she had uh, struggled with suicide and yeah. he is a single father so he's doing this on his own with a teenage daughter any fathers out there even, you know, who are doing this with a two-parent household know how hard it is to yeah. raise a daughter in today's society. So he sends her to school, and um, there's a couple of incidents that lead up to this moment that is unthinkable. Um, she gets into an altercation during lunch with a couple of boys, and they have a shoving match. They had cut her in line uh, at the cafeteria. They have a shoving match, and they tell her, go home and kill yourself. Now, this is at the school that just promised Travis that she would have special classes and they would be very attentive to it. Right. So this kind of stuff could happen, but it's what does the school do about it? Right. right? Okay. Right. So the shoving match, go home and kill yourself. What happens? She immediately apologizes. I actually saw cell phone footage from another student where I, I see the de-escalation. She apologizes. The boys apologize. Um, but they concede we'll go back to the back of the line. What follows that is she sort of, it sets in. Someone has just told her to kill herself after she's already been struggling with this for the last couple of years. There is video footage from the school. Uh, this is verified by the principal. This is per Travis. He says the principal sh uh, saw the footage themselves of Aaliyah at the cafeteria, sitting at the table, shaking and trembling by herself. She was so upset about being told by boys to go kill herself. She goes and tells a, a teacher and a school counselor and uh, they tell her to go back to class. And then she goes back and forth and she's saying, I'm having thoughts of self harm. She's saying this to teachers and administrators. Yes. Okay. They tell her, well, let, why don't we send you home? So they put her on a bus and send her home. At this point, Travis has still not been contacted. She, and he's at work. He's at work. So she's being sent home alone to a house and they reach out to contact him. Now, Travis gets no phone call. The phone call that he does get, though, is from his daughter after she has swallowed the last of her medication and uh, overdose. Yeah, she she was trying to kill herself and she 
had a moment of clarity and realized, okay, I want to stay alive. So she calls her dad and he races home and he finds his daughter in an ambulance. She's unconscious at that point and they get to the hospital and he doesn't even know what has led to his daughter. Because the school still has not called. No. Um, so he eventually when she comes to, he gets the story and he talks to the principal and the principal is, is very upset and sympathetic to Travis and says, yes, I'm going to conduct an investigation and starts to look into it. So the school starts at what's the name of the school again? Springtown ISD. Okay. This is just outside the Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay. So the school looks to do the right thing. They're concerned and they're like, I can't believe this happened. Who dropped the ball? Right. Got it. Then he gets a phone call from the superintendent. This is all per Travis. So I understand this is a he said, she said at this point, but Travis says that the superintendent called him and started to put some blame on Travis as though he weren't attentive enough to his own daughter. Oh my gosh. And the conversations that he were, he was having with the principal shut down and it was his assumption that they had lawyered up and he wasn't getting an apology. He wasn't getting any answers as to why they failed his daughter. Um, so I talked to Travis during this time because he was working on my house. He's one of the guys that was working on our house. And uh, and he was I sent him home, you know, right away. The Like the first day. What, go home, go home, go home. Um, and he is uh, he's not a litigious guy. He's he's not a wealthy guy by any stretch of the imagination. He's a war veteran um, and a single dad who is really struggling Mm-hmm. with his daughter's mental health because of the rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I, I know that when he's he's talking to the school at first, he's saying, I just want to make sure this doesn't happen to somebody else. What happened? How did this break down? He's not even thinking about being, uh, you know, a litigant in this at all. He just wants to know, is this school safe for my daughter or other people's daughters? Right. So once he realizes the school's shutting down and they're not really doing anything to to care for uh, his daughter, and in fact they're they're claiming that they did everything above board, he said that a lot of the conversations with the assistant principal were callous, and they they were saying things like, "Well, she's fine, she's alive, so what's the big deal? What are you oh concerned gosh. about?" So at this point, Travis decides to get his own lawyer, and I'm going to read from the letter of demand to the school. Um, Mr. Adams believes that everyone should be fired that was involved in this and not be permitted to work in the district again. Mr. Adams believes the district should pay Aaliyah for its failure to identify her as a student with a disability, for its failure to provide her a safe school environment, for its failure to provide her support when she was in crisis, for its failure to notify her father that she was in crisis, for its failure to fully investigate and discipline the student who told Aaliyah to go home and kill herself. Reminder, just there's this big push for bullying. Everyone has zero tolerance for bullying. Bullying. I looked at the school. They claim that they do too. Um, and for its failure to fully investigate the assistant principal and school counselor for the role in Aaliyah's suicide attempt, there is no figure the district could pay to truly make up for its failings. But the figure of one million dollars would help Aaliyah's recovery and support for her future. These are his demands. So this was sent in late March. Um, because I wanted to do our due diligence. I reached out to the school um, after I heard Travis detail the story and some of the allegations where I was horrified. And the school uh, quickly got back to us. There's something about um, media, the Glenn Beck program. Uh-huh. 
and uh, that sends a bit of a tremble. And it wasn't the school that got back to us. It was their lawyer. And the, I'm sorry, the name of the school again is? Springtown ISD. Springtown ISD. Yeah. Google, crash that website, y'all. Um, and the lawyer, Meredith Walker, got back to us pretty quickly. And she said, I rep- represent Springtown. Please direct any further communications regarding this matter to me. Here's a statement for the district. We care deeply about the physical and emotional well-being of all of our students, blah, 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 blah. The allegations outlined in your email, which is basically us retelling what Travis told us, include inaccuracies. Okay. Well, we don't like being wrong about anything. We want to make sure we get our facts right, so we followed up. And even though I know him, if he was telling me a story that wasn't true, I would be telling him, I'm not doing this story because you you have your facts wrong or I can't pin him down. Right. So we, we responded, Meredith, thank you for your quick response. You said the allegations in our email contained inaccuracies. Can you please outline what the inaccuracies are? Another legal response, well, given state and federal laws protecting student information, Springtown ISD cannot comment further. And then I also have... Um, uh, Travis's lawyer sent me a response from the school. They did respond to the letter of demand, and basically it was, <laughs> so uh, we're not going to do anything about this. Your, so, your, your so, ask is outrageous. Let me see if I have this right. So Travis, his daughter, she's she she gets out of a, a mental health institution for suicide, um, and I know because I watched him through that torment, uh, and he's driving many miles to be with his daughter all the time. Uh, And she gets out. He finds the school. He tells the school her situation that she'd been raped. She's suffering from suicidal thoughts. Um, Is this a safe school? They say, yes. Can you put her in some sort of special class? They say, yes. Um, And we just want to make sure it is safe. But they don't put her in a special class. No, uh, he actually finds out during all of this that she never got put in that special education program. So uh, she was just dumped into the system. And then when she says, I'm having suicidal thoughts, help, help, help. She thinks she's doing the right thing because that's what dad told her to do. Mm -hmm. Go to the principal, go to any of these administrators and tell them because they know your situation. They say, get on the bus and go home. She then kills herself. Nope. She or no, attempts, no, attempts to kill herself. Thank God she yeah, lives. thank God. Yeah, uh, she goes and attempts to kill herself, uh, and the school is at first outraged and sympathetic, and then they lawyer up. Mm-hmm. This really um, shows you America that no, when whatever Joe Biden says when he says, "Oh, these kids are you know our teachers love our kids as much as as uh, you do," that's not true. It's it's not humanly possible. It is not true. Right. And there's this big push right now. We've got to we've got to stop the bullying that's going on. Governor Ron DeSantis, his legislation for kids who are suffering with gender dysphoria. um, If there if teachers aren't able to push, you know, some of the the grooming conversations that are happening in the classroom, this is a form of it may lead to suicide among uh, transgendered kids. And if you guys recall, there was just a few months ago. Do we have time for this, Sarah, to play this clip of Jen Psaki? Real quick. This is a political wedge issue and an attempt to win a culture war. And they're doing that in a way that is harsh and cruel uh, to a community of kids, especially. I'm I'm like going to get I'm going to get emotional about this issue because I just it's horrible. But uh, but, you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied 
And it's like all these leaders are, are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. It's completely outrageous, um, but it is it is a wedge issue. Sorry, I, I'm just, this is an issue that makes me completely crazy. <laughs> Makes her cry. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that Jen is sincere when she's concerned about the kids bullying. But there is some selective outrage going on about the kids that we choose to care about who are bullied. Um, Springtown High School. We will be following this uh, story. I hope you follow this story. It's the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Springtown High School. Um, like to see some compassion and uh, and something done about this. Uh, but we will be following it, and I would urge you to very politely let the um, the Springtown ISD know that you are following it as well. Nothing like people saying, you're in the spotlight that changes everything. Thank you, Ricky. Um, our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. The main cause of our pain, the main cause of many of the things that are in our body that that happen that are bad is caused by inflammation. Um, if you are in pain, I relate to you. I understand. I had given up. I really thought that I was just going to have to change my life and, you know, uh, go away in the sunset in pain. You don't have to. Um, I didn't believe that relief factor would work for me. Um, because, you know, I've had ibuprofen 800, and boy, that doesn't work at all. Um, this relief factor, now that I understand it, has four different ways. Ibuprofen hits it one way. This hits it from four different directions. So the chances are about 70% that you are going to find relief from relief factor. I don't care how little or how bad your pain is. Please try Relief Factor. If you want your life back, try the three-week quick start. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Try it for three weeks. Take it as directed. ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF or ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Let's do an update. Okay, let's get a uh, SCOTUS update. By the way, we have Josh Hammer joining us at the uh, top of next hour to uh, go over what these decisions are and what they mean. Uh, what is the next decision that came out, and do we have more coming? So, yes, we still have more coming. We know we at least have one more. So far today, we've had three. We talked about the first one a little earlier. The second one was a case, Nance versus Ward, which... It was a fascinating one in that the guy who's on death row was basically arguing for a firing squad. So this is one of those cases yes. that if you win, you may get shot. Uh, but he did win. Right. Uh, it was, it, mm -hmm. it, the, the, the question was, can somebody who's on death row ask for an execution style that is not currently done in the state? Right. The answer is, yep. Well, no, the answer is it really was more about the procedure that he could bring, uh, whether he could challenge it under a civil right oh. as a civil rights violation. So that is they okay. said he can do that. So that is going uh, that that is was a five four case. And, okay. and, and in the way that you'd almost uh, the, the worried the way you'd worry about a case being ruled upon in this court and that you'd have uh, you have Kagan um uh, and uh with the conservatives going against it uh with roberts going on on that side so yes um and then you have a 6-3 case uh, in vega versus Taco. uh this is the one where the 
um, another one of these civil rights cases where if you a violation of your Miranda rights uh, is a full justification for a civil rights case, the court says no, it's not. That's an Alito decision. Wow, six three, kind of the normal split wow. that you'd expect from the court: conservatives versus liberals. Uh, we do know we have more to come, at least one, and we know now that Alito. Because they only announce they only. Hang on, just a they only announce it one at a time. So they'll mm-hmm. announce one and say another one is coming. Yeah, it's a, they basically announce it. one and say they, they they say they announce one. They don't say anything until it's the last one. So you only know at the very last one if it, when it's over. We now know there's at least one more coming, and it can't be by Sotomayor, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, or Barrett. It's got to be Alito, Breyer, Thomas, or Roberts. We will see which one it is coming up. Wow. Okay, stand by. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. When somebody brings up your personal finances, what is your first reaction? Uh, If your answer is, I run, I get it. Building your financial house properly is complicated and difficult, and it's hard to know what the right moves are to make and when, because nobody really knows. But American Financing could help you immensely if you call them today. I've been telling you for years about their free mortgage review. It takes 10 minutes on the phone with them. And in that time, you could start the process towards saving a ton of money, hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as $1,000 a month. If you are redoing your uh, mortgage or doing a consolidation loan, you could skip two payments on your mortgage uh, and close in as little as two weeks. I mean, that would help you so much. Please just call them now. No obligation, uh, none of that stuff, no tricks, uh, and no fees on this. Just call them. American Financing, get their advice at 800 906 2440. 800 906 2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This appears to be a very good day for the Constitution. Um, the gun ruling has just come out uh, from the Supreme Court. The decision was written by Thomas, uh, mm. and it looks very good. By the way, we're going to have full analysis with Josh Hammer, who is right now uh, just scouring these decisions to give us the the real important parts of it about 30 minutes from now because they are still coming out we'll give you that to you in just a second um Stu, give the um, just give the the essence of what thomas is saying on this yeah quick 6-3 decision uh, on the on the sort of ideological lines you would expect here uh this is a great to give you a quick excerpt the, the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other bill of rights guaranteed The exercise of other constitutional rights does not require individuals to demonstrate to government officers some special need. The Second Amendment right to carry arms in public for self-defense is no different. Uh, So it is uh, as good as you could expect. And it's from Thomas. It's a long ruling. There's going to be a lot of good nuggets into it. And we'll get into it coming up.
Okay, we'll get into it about a half an hour after we've had time to really um, digest all of it. Um, that's coming up with Josh Hammer in just about 30 minutes. Uh, Tim Barton is here. He's the president of Wall Builders, and uh, also he is uh, uh, part of the American Journey Summer Institute on American History. Our kids learn dates and names, and that's all they learn, and so they don't really learn anything. They don't learn anything of importance. They can't defend the country, the Constitution. They don't even know why it was written. I have actually asked many people before, try this. It'll scare the hell out of you next week. What country did the United States break away from in 1776? No clue. No clue. It is terrifying. Tim, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thanks. I am now a little scared to talk to people about uh, Great Britain but or England or uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, yeah. but I'm nervous now. Yeah, I know. I know. You have I did a special last night and I stood in front of this old schoolhouse and it actually the hills go up and down as you're on your way. So it is technically when my grandparents said I walked five miles to school uphill both ways. Technically, <laughs> they were right on this schoolhouse. Um, but it, it was amazing to see it was this building that was cut in half by this folding wall. Uh, and little kids on one side and bigger kids on the other. And you have something that in those kinds of schools, back before we had the Department of Education, we had all the teachers unions. We used to learn through catechism, which is you would learn the concepts of them and then you'd have to defend it. Correct. Right. Yeah, we, we actually I, I brought several things with me. Uh, over to show, but one of them is that early catechism or one of the catechisms I think you're referring to. Yeah, okay, so this is uh, on the Constitution, and see how many of these you can answer yourself. This was given to not 8th grade students, this was for 7th grade to 4th grade, or 4th grade to 7th grade? So so presumably, because there was no Department of Education, education was handled locally, so oftentimes the teacher would choose what she thought was the most appropriate, what he thought was the most appropriate for the students of that age. So this for the is, class. This is an elementary catechism, so it, it's a beginner catechism, and it was used in school, so so at this point you're, you're guessing maybe 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th grade, because there were only 8 levels or 8 grades back then, but it was on the Constitution, and they literally start with the very beginning from 1776 when America became a nation and we we are a Republican form of government and it goes through the sequence but some of the questions they ask are are genuinely astounding when I, I I've chose a few fun ones uh just to give the indication Stu, of hang on just, I know Stu look up from the court for a second and see if you can answer any of these I've done this I would absolutely fail okay right, go ahead Okay, so it, it's, it's a set of questions. As you mentioned, there's catechisms, so there's questions and answers. So a question in the sequence says, may members of Congress be arrested, that is, seized by a sheriff or constable for debts they owe while they are attending to their public duty. So while they're serving in Congress, can they be arrested for owing debts? I have no idea. <laughs> so, so the answer I is... I think the answer is... I think the answer is no... But after they leave, once they're finished with the business, they can be? They can be arrested while they're sitting in Congress or if they're on their way to Congress. But if they're done with their business of Congress, you can arrest them afterwards. Or if they're back home, you can arrest them yeah. for debts they owe. However, <laughs> okay. the answer goes on to say that Congress's job is so important that they can't be arrested while going or returning to their home or the place where Congress meets unless 
They have done one of three things. What are the three things? Next question is, what are the three things the Constitution says they can, you can arrest a sitting congressman or senator for? Three things they can be arrested for. Treason, murder, bribery. Well, it actually is what they tried to charge President Trump with was a breach of the peace. So it's a treason, a felony, or a breach of the peace. Uh, and then it says, when is a person guilty of treason? And so the whole thing, the catechism is a building block where they, they walk you from the very beginning, but it literally walks through Article 1, then Article 2, then Article 3, and Article 4. So it's a sequence through this. Everything is question and answer, but this is what this is what children were getting when they were in that one-room schoolhouse when, when we talk about how much further advanced they were in an educational position at a very young age. This is part of how they got there. Um, it's amazing because my grandfather only went up to third grade. He got up to third grade. He could neither read nor write, but he was a wildly intelligent man. Uh, and I, I can't, I mean, you have kids that are going, you know, graduating from high school, even going to college, and they're morons, absolute morons. It's incredible. It, it is. And one of the things we know is that even the, the, Department of Education has revealed that it's it's approximately 19% of high school graduates who are graduating functionally illiterate. They cannot read or write. And and so those are also students that oftentimes go to college. And, and I, I remember being in college around people who really did not know any kind of structure of sentences and paragraphs and writing things. And I just thought, this is crazy, but this is the reality of the brokenness of the education system. I know that I saw some of the special last night. This is part of the problem. And the further removed education has become from parents, the less involved parents have been, the more it's allowed this brokenness to continue. Yeah, we've got to break up the uh, Department of Education. These administrative, this administrative state has got to be broken down. It's got to be closed. There's no reason that Washington is deciding what we can and cannot do uh, in our own local schools. That's madness, absolute madness. Um, we also are working with, uh, through our American Journey experience, we have our Summer Institute that teaches kids American history. And we have one more this summer. When is the next one starting? It's July 18th through 22nd here in Dallas. Okay. And are we still taking applications? We, we are. We do have a few spots still available. If, if people want to sign up, they can go to uh, the American Journey Experience or uh, Mercury One or Wall Builders. All those websites will have places where they can sign up. And, and this is something that there is an application process. There's an interview process because our goal is we're not trying to make converts, right? Some parents get concerned and they want their kids to be changed from the socialistic ideas. Our goal for this program is to make disciples of kids who already believe that truth exists and just want to be a equipped and grow and learn more. And so that way we can spend time helping kids go deeper, not just trying to convert them from the craziness of what they've learned from their professors. Right. This one is very specific because this is going for 18 to 24 year olds. These are people in college. Um, these we have had some that are a little wishy washy and, and kind of torn back and forth. But we're really trying to focus on the kids that generally get it i mean they don't have to understand american history back and forth but they they understand that we're a decent nation that you know we were founded in god um because it's a very short this year it's a short short season because of all of our schedules um and so it's a week which normally takes us two weeks to do we're packing it into one week 
And these kids are transformed. So if you know, uh, you know, or maybe your son or daughter is a uh, is going into college or in college, they want to understand American history. They want to be able to defend it. They want to be able to find out how to find the truth. We're not teaching the truth. We're teaching you how to find the truth by showing you the original documents. Um, please go to Mercury One or American Journey Experience or wallbuilders.com, and you can find all of the, uh, you know, anything. You just go to one of those, just fill out the form application, but do it right away. Uh, how's our class doing this week? I, I talked to them Monday when they first came in, and I don't think you had broken them down yet. <laughs> uh, the, my favorite part of this is Tim is so good at rhetoric. He starts with, so tell me what you believe. And by the end of the day, all of the students are like, I don't know what I believe in you. <laughs> Breaks them down on, can you defend what you believe? And that show that breaks the arrogance of today uh, and allows them to open up their mind and go, OK, all right, if I'm going to say I believe something, I better know why I believe it. Correct. Absolutely. And it's something that we definitely have seen at this point now being on the fourth day in with these students. And as you mentioned, normally it's a two week process. So we're able to, to take a little more time now. We're definitely force feeding, cramming some things as fast as we can. But it's it's really it's so fun to see kids that are hungry. They want to know truth. And, and as you mentioned on the first day, we, we try to expose that they, they might not know as much as they think they do, right? They might have some opinions and ideas, <laughs> but it's it's maybe not as grounded at as they 50, thought. At 50, I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. <laughs> it's crazy. And, and part of the goal of our program is we want to help kids be able to... to have experienced history firsthand, holding original documents, uh, going through the vault and seeing all the artifacts so that when when they have a conversation, they can have a much more informed, intelligent, honest conversation saying, actually, I held the original documents and here's what it said. And and I know that story. Well, well here's, you know, almost like the Paul Harvey. We tell them, look, you're, you're going to get part of the story. People are going to promote, right, some of the bad and the evil at moments. And sometimes you need to go, well, actually, there's more to that story. Here's the Paul Harvey moment, the right. rest of the story. Right. And, and sometimes and even e- even even there is more there's more bad stuff. Absolutely. In that story. You know, we want them. We don't ever want any student to ever be surprised by the bad stuff in America because we have done. You know, I, I, I ask people, you know, is America good or is America bad? The answer is yes. Is is Winston Churchill good or was he bad? Yes. He's both. It's tra- the trajectory. And are you learning from the past and the mistakes? Yeah, that's what matters. There's no doubt about it. And actually, one of the things uh, on Tuesday, we were going through some of the history of Columbus and Jamestown and, and Plymouth. And in Jamestown, mm. we talked about, you know, the 1619 project trying to say America's bad because of this. And, and they're not even telling that story right. But if you wanted to say things were bad, we, we could really go into some bad stuff. And so we did. And so we went back to John Smith's journal and we talked about the starving time in Jamestown and, and read about the actual cannibalism of Jamestown, where they had 490 people at the beginning of the winter. And, and by that spring, they were down to 60. They had starved to death, but they started eating each other in Jamestown. And the students at the end of the day, when we asked them, hey, what's something that stood out to you today? The number one thing students said was, I did not know that English colonies ever turned to cannibalism. I, I, I didn't know it got that bad. And to your point, there definitely are some really bad, despicable, evil moments in American history. 
And, and what we do here is we try to teach students the whole story, but, but grounded it in truth. So we're not just making accusations. We actually pull out the documents and say, well, actually, here's where that was written. Who wrote yeah. that? Here's the story to equip them to be able to have more honest, intelligent conversations. The American Journey Experience Summer Institute, if you want your kids involved, 18 to 24, we have few seats left, wallbuilders.com or theamericanjourney.org. You can also find it at mercuryone.org. Uh, thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks so God much. Bless. More on the Supreme Court and the Constitution that our kids don't understand, and mo- quite honestly, most of us don't even understand. Coming up in just a minute. First, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Patriot Mobile. Um, every time you pick up your cell phone, uh, you should be thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm spending how much money? How about if you picked up your phone and thought, I'm saving so much money? Every time you pick up your phone call or your phone, you should uh, you should right now, if you're not with Patriot Mobile, be thinking, how much of my money is going to fund Planned Parenthood? How much of my money is going to fight against me with this with this giant corporation that's taken the money from me and then they're spending that money to work against me? If you have Patriot Mobile, you're not going to have that. You're going to think this company is actually working in my favor. This company is actually supporting the things I believe in. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck, and you're going to save a ton of money on your monthly phone bill. So please, 972-PATRIOT, switch now. These guys are on our side. We've got to start doing business with people who who appreciate us and think like us and are fighting with us. Get free activation with the offer code Beck right now. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, PATRIOT. At mobile.com slash back. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. If this isn't the definition of charles dickens tale of two cities it was the best of times it was the worst of times uh if you look at what's happening in the administration it is the worst of times the the violations of our constitution are out of control but if you look at what's happening in our supreme court it is the best of times um just today can we go over some of the we have josh hammer uh coming up he's going to give us a full rundown of what all of it means but just quickly let's go over what came out uh today yeah a question about v- voter id law in north carolina that was an 8-1 decision gorsuch writing only sotomayor dissenting you had a case about uh, execution methods that one the guy wanted to choose a firing squad and uh, the question was whether he was able to do that as a civil rights violation, as they wouldn't let him be executed by the firing squad. That one was a 5-4 decision written by Kagan. Then you had a uh, quick one about um, uh, violation uh, of, uh, of civil rights. Um, as it, it, it was um, the Miranda's. The Miranda rights. Uh, is that the yeah. basis for civil rights? That was a 6-3 Alito decision on, on typical lines. And a 6-3 decision on ideological lines as well in the big one, the gun case in New York, which now says you don't have to prove a special need to execute your uh, constitutional right to bear arms. You can do it without proving you need to do it. 
is what writes I've are. got a lot of questions just on that one with Josh Hammer. We're going to talk to him about it coming up in just a minute. Smarter guys that I know, and I think a real force uh, for good in our in our nation is Josh Hammer. Do not hold this against him. He is the opinion editor at Newsweek, and I and I think that's actually a good thing that a real conservative is uh, the opinion editor of Newsweek. Um, he clerked for I think Alito. He was the um, editor at large for the Daily Wire for a while. He's worked with us at the Blaze for a while. I can't keep a job, but he is he's probably one of the best guys uh, I know that can really give us the rundown and the overall view of what has just happened at the Supreme Court. We start with Josh Hammer in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about LifeLock. Going online without the proper protection for your personal information could give you monkeypox. I'm just saying. But hey. We will have a vaccine for our three-year-olds on monkeypox at any time, so hang on. Every day, there is more cyber crime and cyber criminals out there, and um, they they are morphing just as fast as our technology to stop them morphs. That's why you can't stop all of it. But you've got to protect yourself against it, and you need somebody really good. LifeLock's been on this watch, I think, longer than anybody else. And Norton is their partner, and they're the you know they're the virus security company that we all trust. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code Beck. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code Beck, and you're going to save 25% off. Listen, this is going to affect all of us at some point. Be on top of it. LifeLock.com. Promo code Beck or 1-800-LIFELOCK. My friend, Josh Hammer. How are you, sir? Glenn, I'm doing great. Just a quick point of clarification. I cannot claim the mantle of former Supreme Court clerk. I'm a great admirer of Justice Alito, but as for myself, I actually only clerked on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. But with that caveat aside, it's so great to be with you on such a great day for the Constitution. Oh, well, now I don't know if you have any credibility because uh, I was looking for somebody who specifically clerked. <laughs> uh, Josh, I, I really appreciate the time you've already taken today uh, to look into all of these rulings. I think this was a very good day for the Constitution. It is. I mean, it especially is. Look, I mean, we have to talk about this gun case. I mean, I, the court determined other cases today. I, you know, they've just done this in the past hour. I would, I would be lying and misleading your listeners if I said I've been able to comb through them all with a fine tooth comb. But 
certainly what I'm seeing here is is a great day. There's another ruling out a, a case called Vega involving the uh, expansion or the lack thereof, as the case may be, of an, of, of an erroneous 1960s-era criminal procedure case known as Miranda versus Arizona. This was like a, an excellent mm-hmm. 6-3 outcome from Justice Alito. But it, it is this New York State... How does it... Wait, wait, wait. Bef- hang on. Before we get to that, how does the Miranda sure. case affect us? So, basically, the court had an opportunity to expand Miranda. It had an opportunity to expand Miranda into uncharted terrain and they and they refused to do so it was it was a 6-3 ruling that broke down on familiar ideological lines basically the court held that in a situation where a police officer fails to give a suspect his miranda warnings and then the government uses that suspect's statements against him in court the suspect does not have an implied legal right of action under the Fifth Amendment's right against self-incrimination to sue for that. So it's a minor fact pattern dispute, as a lot of these cases end up being. But the principle is against the expansion of flawed precedent. And really kind of it's interesting, Glenn, if you, if you go back to the 1960s, when the Warren Corps was obviously at its heyday, this is the point that I make time and time again in my law school speeches that I do through the Federal Society. It's usually the, you know, the culture war cases, Griswold versus, versus Connecticut, obviously Roe versus Wade. It is the culture war cases that tend to generate the headlines. But it's actually the area of criminal procedure and cases like, like Miranda versus Arizona, Gideon versus Wainwright that really, I think, kind of make, at least for myself, kind of like a law and order conservative like myself, really kind of makes the hair on the back of my spine just totally leap up. So this is a good decision in refusing to extend Miranda. Maybe Miranda will be overturned one day. It's not clear, but it's a, it's a step in the right direction, at least. Okay, so, um, Josh, I'd love to go back to why you think Miranda should be overturned, but we'll do that another day where we're not talking about the the uh, huge gun case up in New York um, where I couldn't get a gun in New York. I had uh, 15 wow. active threats. I had uh, Gavin DeBecker and Associates, which were they're probably the best security detail in the country, in the world, really. Um, and they were following these threats. You know, my kids were w- looking at pursuer lists on our refrigerator. If these people approached, go run, get mom or dad. I mean, it was really bad. And I couldn't get a gun in New York City because they deemed that I didn't have enough cause to have a gun. Uh, that's been thrown out now. So tell me what they've done. What does this mean for New York and the rest of the country? So it's a fantastic ruling. Look, I have not had the chance to pour through this with a fine-tooth comb. Looks like the Justice Thomas majority opinion clocks in at 63 pages, you know, including concurrences and dissents. We're up to 130, 140 pages. So I've got my reading cut out for me for the rest of the day. But based on my quick skimming of it, this is a thoroughly well-researched, I might even say thus far, career-defining majority opinion from Justice Clarence Thomas. Wow, It's really interesting. I was thinking about this recently. It's unclear to me to date, or at least before today, whether Clarence Thomas had a career-defining majority opinion. He's written so prolifically for so long, but most of his greatest writings, especially on the hard-hitting cases, have been in concurrence or more often than not, oftentimes in dissent. Really, Anthony Scalia, I think in, the, in, in another gun case, 2008 D.C. versus Heller, had his kind of landmark career-defining opinion. 
And at least until affirmative action, I predict, is likely overturned next term, we can get to that if you want to, at least until that day where I predict Thomas would also have the majority opinion, this is his career-defining opinion. This is an issue that is very near and dear to Justice Thomas. He wrote an amazing concurrence in the court's last major Second Amendment case, the McDonald versus City of Chicago case from 2010, where he had a a magisterial 55 to 60 page concurrence just working through the history. This issue is very near and dear to him. He is a personal gun owner. He, he enjoys hunting. And it, it, from what I can tell, it's just a really thoroughly well-researched opinion that reaches the clear and obvious result that anyone with any degree of familiarity with the Second Amendment text could tell you, which is that this is a right. And the very act of talking about bearing arms, not just keeping them, but bearing them, obviously entails the ability to do so outside the home without oppressive restrictions, the likes of which, Glenn, it sounds like you faced in my home state, my home state of New York. And a, a point that Justice Kavanaugh makes in his very brief uh, con- concurring opinion, he kind of just drives home this point, which is the vast majority of states which have so-called shall-issue regimes for their gun licensing permits, which means that you have to give the applicant a permit as long as they go through XYZ test. You know, they shoot the right number of targets, similar to what I did in Texas when I got my permit there years ago. Those laws are all untouched. The only laws that are jeopardized by today's decision are the more problematic, quote-unquote, may-issue laws, not the shall-issue laws, where they basically give the so, licensing authorities a ton of discretion to arbitrarily decide where you have to, sh- you know, uh, you have to show that you truly, truly need it, whatever the heck that means. But, you know, Glenn, the fact that so you get it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. is nuts. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, so doesn't this make the Senate gun bill a joke? I mean, that, that will have no teeth to it after this ruling, would it? Yes and no. It's really interesting. I, I expect a lot of commentary over the next 24 to 48 hours, being it's next week, is going to focus on this exact question, right? So in theory, they are different issues. The, the ruling here today is talking about concealed carry and open carry licensing regimes in the states. The Senate gun bill is in theory focused on other measures. It's focused on things like red flag laws. But it is a little intellectually inconsistent, or at least at a bare minimum, it would be a little peculiar, right, to have a liberalized, and I say that in a good way, a more liberalized concealed carry licensing regime while at the same time having a red flag law in place that would just infringe upon due process rights willy-nilly. That, those two things would seem to be in tension with one another. At, at a bare minimum, the timing but it's of, not the the same. of this opinion it really kind of sucks the wind out of John Cornyn and and the other 13 Senate Republicans momentum. That's for sure. So how will this affect other states? Uh, New York, by the way, has just come out and I'm going to talk about this in a minute. Um, New York has already come out and said, it's not going to change anything. We're not going to abide by this, which is ironic because that's what the second amendment is for to stop an out-of-control, lawless government doing what they want and not abiding by the Constitution. I just want to point that out. Well, that's wild. I, I have not seen that, but I, that's, that's just wild stuff if they said it that bluntly here. Look, the entire idea behind the incorporation of the Bill of Rights, which is itself a legally debatable matter, I should say, but 
they have held, the court has held that the overwhelming majority of the enumerated rights in, in the Bill of Rights, including the Second Amendment, by the way, that's the McDonald versus Chicago case from 2010, the court has held that these rights are incorporated against the states, which, you know, to, to escape the legalese for a minute, means that a state cannot infringe upon these rights. The federal government already cannot, but a state cannot as well. So this case is right out of New York State. So, I mean, if New York State wants to go, you know, flip two middle fingers at the court when they itself are a party to the lawsuit, look, parties to the lawsuit well, let me give are, you, are balanced. Let me, uh, let me read exactly what uh, Governor Kathy Hochul said. She said, it is an out, it's outrageous that at a moment of national reckoning on gun violence, the Supreme Court has recklessly struck down a New York law that limits those who can carry concealed weapons. By the way, um, I don't know if she knows this, but Buffalo is in New York. So her law didn't do anything. In response to this ruling, we are reviewing our options, including calling a special section a session of the legislature. Just as we swiftly pass nation leading gun reform legislation, we will continue to do everything in our power to keep New Yorkers safe from gun violence. So she didn't say we're not going to do it. She said we're just going to find a way around it. Right. I mean, that statement is about what I would expect from a left wing hack like the governor of New York State. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they try to do. I mean, like they'll try to pass some law. Maybe they'll try to issue something administrative. Inevitably, they'll find themselves in court again. And, you know, with, with the current composition of the court, if that ultimately makes its way up to the Supreme Court itself, you have to like the odds of, of, of the side of gun rights. The reality is that if I have the, the number correctly, I think it's 43 of the current states in the country, if I recall the number from the Kavanaugh concurring opinion today, 43 of the states are either, either quote-unquote, shall-issue states or just straight-up constitutional carry states, states where you simply do not need a license to exercise your right to keep and bear arms outside the home. So we should note that, that this opinion does not actually apply to the vast majority of states. We're really only talking here about deep blue states such as New York State. And Look, I mean, cynically speaking, as someone who was born in New York and fled many years ago, I mean, if it is oppressive laws like this that incentivize more people to flee blue state tyranny for red state freedom, you know, far be it for me to criticize people to do so. But I, I, the statement that you that you read, Glenn, you know, I, I, I would expect them to say something along those lines. All right. We're going to if you don't mind holding for just a minute, I'm going to do a commercial comeback. And I just want to just ask you if you've looked at any of the others, is there anything that you think is a really good sign uh, on where things are headed? Just some of the other um, decisions that came out today from the Supreme Court. Back with Josh Hammer in a minute. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So listen, right now, it is so imperative that we are um, very frugal with our money. We are moving closer and closer to the brink of a recession. I know you listen to the president. He's he is honestly bat crap crazy on this. I mean, you know, and honestly, if if you voted for the guy, even you know it, we're not there's no recession. We're in a transitional. We're in a transitional period. Yes. So is the Great Depression. Uh, you know, I don't even know what a transitional period means, uh, but we're headed for a recession. The major banks came out yesterday and said it. The Fed uh, said it. And the Fed also said, by the way, this is not a Putin gas tax. Um, just taking him apart. But yet he's living in a delusional world. 
I want you to make sure that you are prepared uh, with your financing. Do the best that you can to save every penny. American financing can help you do this by paying off high interest debt to shortening the loan terms. You can access cash from your equity. There's so many possibilities right now, and many of them will save you hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month, uh, just by calling American financing and seeing your options. You will feel better. Call American Financing now at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. Ten seconds, station ID. So, uh... My producers are freaking out because they want to make sure that I clarify something here that I just said. Um, uh, Historically, the reason why the Second Amendment exists is not for hunting, not a sport. I want to go shoot clay pigeons. Okay, that's not what it was about. Uh, Otherwise, you might be able to find like bowling in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. It's not about a sport. It's about protecting yourself and protecting your community against an out-of-control rogue government. Um, that's what it's about. So I just find it ir- ironic that if they're like, we're not going to obey by this rule, that's what the Second Amendment, that's what the founders were talking about. Right. But you're, uh, somebody that just decides... As what? you just read that statement, that's that's not exactly what's happening. You're you're, you're not exactly calling for a yeah. civil war against Albany. I don't oh think, God. are you? I want, I want to make sure no. here, because <laughs> I mean, you're talking no. about this was no. the motivation at the time. You have to follow these traditions and these rules, uh, but this is a much much different case here as we're talking about it now uh, from yeah, yeah, some yeah. statement yeah, from a meaningless. Way, way. You know, I'm just yeah, I'm just talking about how ironic it is that that's what the founders. Sure. Uh, You know, said that that's really important because if they're, you know, as George Washington said, when the people fear the government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. And, you know, part of that is being able to question them, to speak out, to have a free press, to assemble and also to own a gun. Anyway, uh, Josh, anything else that uh, that you see? Um, that came out today that you think is is good news in a in a uh, far reaching way. Well, first of all, let me just chime in briefly on the conversation that you and Stu were just having. I, I obviously cannot agree with you guys more on on the philosophical underpinning of the Second Amendment, Glenn. I know that you will you will uniquely appreciate this just because I know how much you care uh, about this issue. But you know, I'm, I'm I'm Jewish, obviously. I keep on my desk at all times a rock that a rabbi gave to me years ago that he smuggled out of the crematorium of Auschwitz. And I keep next to that rock, oh a, a, a rock that I myself took from Treblinka. And then across my room, I have my, you know, my Daniel defense AR with lots of ammunition and mags and all that. And to me, I refer to that to my friends as my Warsaw ghetto gun. I, I mean, uh, so no one understands the philosophical underpinning of the second amendment more than I do. So I just want to echo your sentiments on that. It, it's, it's, it's very well said. Yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, you know, the Germans gave the, the, the Germans gave all of the information of where their guns were to the Weimar Republic. You, you, you give it in good faith because the Weimar Republic said, oh, we'll never use this. Well, then the Nazis came in and guess who took all the information and knew where all the guns were. 
That's why you just don't do these things. But anyway, go ahead. Exactly. Um, shifting a little bit as far as like other cases that came across the transom today. So there's a there's an Eighth Amendment case uh, about a, a method of execution that I have not had the chance to review yet. It's a case out of Georgia yeah. called Nance v. Ward. Long story short, yeah. there's been all sorts of kind of activist litigation for many years now where, you know, the predictable groups, the ACLU, groups like that will sue and, and they have the effect of of incrementally outlawing or seeking to outlaw various forms of execution, which only then make sure. you have to look harder and harder to find the right cocktail. It's a very pernicious legal tactic with the obvious and not so subtle end goal of trying to reabolish the death penalty in America. It looks like the wrong side won today, but I, 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 a glimmer of hope, mm. though, I see that Justice Barrett actually filed a dissenting opinion in that case. So even though Kavanaugh defected, it's good to see that Justice Barrett, at least, is, is on the right side of this Eighth Amendment issue. Okay, good. Um, and, uh, another case that I have not really fully had the chance to break down, it's out of the Fourth Circuit. It's a case in North Carolina. Basically, here it's a case called Berger versus North Carolina State Conference of the NAACP. The court ruled, and it's notable because it's an eight to one ruling. An eight to one ruling, they ruled that Republican state lawmakers in North Carolina are able to intervene to defend their state's voter ID law that the NAACP challenged. So, it, the procedural posture there is. It's not, it's not a substantive claim, it's more of a procedural claim. Rather, the reason I want mm-hmm. to flag it for your listeners. I think it's worth discussing at least a little bit is because it's an eight to one opinion. The only person who dissented here is, predictably speaking, Sotomayor. And that's a real rebuke to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit, the lower court that heard this when you get reversed eight one by the court, when everyone but Sotomayor disagrees with you. And it really paints a stark picture as to how much the Obama presidency changed the Fourth Circuit among some other circuits. So we really do have a long road ahead of us to get from these lower courts back in order, unfortunately. But this, this case did come out the right way. I'm Josh. Josh, thank you so much. This is Josh Hammer. He'll be joining us again tomorrow because more rulings are coming out tomorrow. And we're we're coming close to really big ones. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Uh, Real Estate Agents I Trust is my company. Um, it has my name behind it. It's uh, something that I helped with my brother to to start and we wanted it guided on principles um and really i I look at and i know this sounds like oh man you've listened to the show so you can imagine but i look at what i do as an art form and i think anybody who's really good at what they do looks at it as an art form uh and there is an art and a craft to selling uh a home and doing it the right way lots of really important techniques and habits and some really important things that you have to do to make sure that you have a lot of people coming to your own website as a real estate guy um so you those houses sell quickly we have tried to find those kinds of agents and help you through probably the biggest transaction of your life and the biggest decisions. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You just tell us where you're moving from and to, and we'll find the right real estate agent for you. It's a free service to you. realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I can't think, I mean, you know, I, 
I did a painting. Um, I did a painting of Christ uh, based on the Holy Shroud of Turin, and um, on it I put love because uh, it's the ultimate love. And I had been in a really dark place, and I was doing some kind of dark paintings, and uh, and at the end I did that one. It's a, a series of three, and I did that one. And it was kind of a reminder of, uh, you know, there's some really dark things happening, but there's also some really good things. And I followed that with a painting called Better Days. If you want to see any of these, you can you can see them online. Just go to uh, Park City Fine Art or or my Instagram. Um, but you can uh, it, the Better Days happened on um, the day, actually the night of D Day. In France, and it's a painting of all these allies standing together, and they were in France. They had they had got off the boats, they had survived the beach, survived the cliff, survived the pillbox, survived what was waiting after the pillbox, survived the fields, and then went in and fought another town. It was like ten o'clock at night that they got all the Nazis out of this little teeny town that they were supposed to take by midnight. The people were so excited they came out with wine. And uh, so I have these guys pictured together, just pouring wine into their cups. Uh, and I thought, you know, they would, that's probably the worst day of their life. But if you could find a way to ask those guys, you know, about that moment, I bet they would remember that as those were the good days. That was a great day. And so we have to take the time to look for the good things that are happening. And I'm telling you, I think this is really good. What happened um, in court today, um, there's some decisions that seem to be really coming our way. We'll know tomorrow, but this uh, New York gun law that's now been overturned is excellent. Stu, do you have some do you have quotes from the uh, from the ruling? Yeah, Clarence Thomas on his birthday, by the way, uh, getting the, uh, wow. the big Second Amendment case today is his birthday. Uh, he did. I mean, it's, it's amazing, as it usually it is with Clarence Thomas. He writes, the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other Bill of Rights guarantees. Uh, we know of no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to a government official some special need. That is not how the First Amendment works when it comes to unpopular speech or the free exercise of religion. It is not how the Sixth Amendment works. But I think we're going that way. Yeah, you're right. I think we're going that way. And this is a nice big uh, stop sign, I think, on that road. It is not how the Sixth Amendment works when it comes to a defendant's right to confront the witnesses against him. And it is not how the Second Amendment works when it comes to public carry for self-defense. New York's proper clause requirement uh, violates the Fourteenth Amendment and that it prevents law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs from exercising their right to keep and bear arms. And uh, we would therefore reverse the judgment. It is so ordered. Uh, It's so true. It's the only right that is treated that way. He also attacks the way that they implemented this because there is some conversation about, well, are we going to be able to prevent people from carrying guns in courthouses and, you know, in schools or whatever. Right, right. Um, and uh, they, he, he writes that that's basically the sensitive place part of this. Like, can you still force guns into sensitive places? They say, of course, you can still uh, restrict guns in certain places if there's, uh, you know, minimal 
uh, minimal use, right? He writes, we, we do mm-hmm. think the respondents err in their attempt to characterize New York's proper cause requirement as a sensitive place law. Put simply, there is no historical basis for New York to effect- effectively declare the island of Manhattan a sensitive place. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. He's By amazing. the way, the governor of New York has said that uh, they are going to uh, fight this ruling and they will pass legislation. They're going to find a way around it. Uh, and that's what, you know, that's what they do. Uh, and I have no problem if they're going to do it through legislative action. Uh, you know, it'll be challenged in court. But that is the role of the Supreme Court. No, you can't do this. You can't make that ruling this way. Now, if they find a way that the court says is constitutional, well, then they'll find a way. Um, but I, I doubt they'll be able to find a way. Uh, but this is what the left does. It's fine to fight it legislatively. It's fine to do that. Uh, where the problem is, is when you just will do anything to get around it. And that's what I'm afraid uh, will happen if they if they still go Alito and overturn Roe versus Wade. The worst thing that could happen is that 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 uh, case, the majority opinion is not written by Alito, but Justice Thomas. That will mean a compromise. No, uh, uh, Justice happened. Roberts, you mean yeah, Roberts, uh, Justice Roberts. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Justice Roberts. Um, but. Already, the White House is working on ways to get around that ruling, no matter what it is. You know, the left, it, it kills me. They, they love the Supreme Court when it verifies their morality. When it doesn't, they discredit the Supreme Court. Uh, I will tell you, the Supreme Court, when they rule constitutionally, sometimes it cuts the other direction and it goes against you know what i would deem my side if you will but my side is the constitution so as long as it's being ruled by the constitution i don't have a side i have an opinion i have what i'd like to do but what the constitution tells us we can and cannot do that's where we're supposed to come together but they are you know they're they're up in arms about roe versus wade even though justice ginsburg is on record saying basically what Alito said. When the Supreme Court decisions or proposed legislations don't go their way, they riot, they stalk judges, they firebomb clinics, they work around the rules, they uh, do executive orders. This is why I was against the executive orders, not just with Obama, but also with Trump. And I'm exec- against executive orders with uh, George Bush and Ronald Reagan and everybody else. That's not the way to do it. But they are putting their hope in executive action by President Biden. Uh, I already told you that Biden is on track to be the most prolific executive order president since FDR. And since the final ruling on Dobbs versus Jackson, you know, Jackson Women's Health Organization is expected possibly as early as tomorrow. Plans are underway for President Biden to take action uh, if it is officially overturned as it is currently expected. Now, he's going to do it through executive orders. According to the New York Times report, Biden has already put together a team to come up with options, including and warning whenever you see this, these two words, run for the hills, national emergency. So one of the options they're looking at is declaring a national public health emergency. 
that means that the the president of the United States has wide lateral can do things that are really unconstitutional. But because it's a national emergency, he can do it. Uh, Also, another one, make sure the FDA approves abortion pills that would override any state bans on abortion. Biden's crack abortion team overseen by the White House lawyer, Dana, uh, Dana Remus. She's the director of the White House Gender Policy Council and Jennifer Klein, director of the Domestic uh, Policy Council with Susan Rice. Now, one of the plans under consideration is to bring abortion doctors to work on U.S. military bases. Oh, my gosh. Our military. It will, we will never win the next war if this doesn't stop. Um, get the doctors to come into states where you can't get a an abortion and declare the military base a federally protected zone. Oh, my gosh. They're also um, skirting around the Hyde Amendment. They want to provide federal funds for travel expenses to get an abortion rather than funding the abortion itself. Um, they are going to do whatever it takes. Now, how do we respond? If you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know that um, I believe we have to be people of merit. I believe that this audience um, is will will be the ones that open the doors of manifest destiny if we choose to be those people. But we have got to do things that the Lord can find favor in us i mean he's got to look down and go you know what it's a group good group of people here and they're trying to do the right thing and they're not engaging that in the ways everybody else is i don't think there is anything better as the cities burn down i don't think there's anything better than we can do to save our nation and to ask for god's help than saving babies that are about to be aborted I started something. Now, this is not this is not a commercial. Uh, I just believe in this so much. Uh, I started a, a, a partnership, and this partnership is amazing. It's with Preborn, and they are one of the leaders in uh, pro-life pregnancy centers. These are the guys who are really, they're the ones that are targeted. And they're targeted because they found a way to... Uh, get moms to choose life and they found if they can get them into the clinics um they just do mom comes in and says yeah i'm thinking about having an abortion great well let's do an ultrasound once they do an ultrasound this is why planned parenthood hates this so much once they do an ultrasound the mother has about an 80 percent chance of saying no i want life and if I could just play, uh, no names or anything is uh, exposed on this. Let me just play this video of an ultrasound with a nurse and a mom who came in for an abortion. Listen to this. So if we could see that. Look at that heartbeat. Yeah, I thought That's it was really the heart. Cool. Look at that, the heartbeat. That's... Like you could see it all. Oh, my the baby God. was so beautiful. Do you hear mom's reaction? That baby is huge. I mean, that is a, that is a late-term abortion. Um, 
that baby was saved. Uh, and I really believe that if we want to save ourselves, there is nothing we can do that is more important to God. Anytime you are saving his children, uh, and I mean from sexual slavery, someplace in Afghanistan or Ukraine, uh, you are stopping someone hurting children, um, no matter what it is, there is nothing more spiritual and nothing more important than that. Uh, and we have this chance to do it. And again, this is not a commercial, but if you want to help save these babies, you can make a donation for, uh, let's see, $28. You can sponsor one ultrasound. Um, for 140, you can rescue five babies' lives. If you have, you know, a lot of money you want to donate, $15,000, I think, buys an ultrasound for another clinic. But we can save. We have a goal of 50,000 babies saved uh, this year. And I just got a note from um, Preborn last night, and they said, Glenn, I can't believe it. We we are going to – we're on uh, on route now just with Blaze and this program to save 100,000 babies by the end of this year. And I think we can do better than that. And there is nothing greater than we can do than that. Just check it out for yourself. Go to preborn.com slash Beck. These are the people on the front lines in our real trouble next week. Um, it's preborn.com slash Beck, or just hit pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Um, all right. Now, now let me tell you um, about uh, our commercial sponsor. This half hour, it is Goldline. Um, it, it was very clear what the Fed said yesterday. The Fed said this is not Putin inflation. The gas prices and the problems that we're having are not caused by uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, they went on to say they are going to do everything they can to continue to raise interest rates um, because they got to slow down the economy and our consumption. It, we are headed. The major banks came out yesterday and said recession is all but done now. That's why the stock market yesterday fell 400 points. Recession is coming. So you can live in happy, happy, crazy world with Joe Biden and the administration, or you can prepare. You're losing so much money in your 401k right now. If you take your money out of the 401k and you put it in the bank, you're losing anywhere between, they say about 8%, but I'm telling you now, if you calculate it the right way, you're losing about 17% just from inflation. So your dollar is becoming worthless. Um, here's what I would like you to do. Just please do your own homework. Ask them for the information. Don't call them and say, I want to buy some gold today. But call Goldline now. Please do this. Goldline has a special this week. Very hard to find. One-tenth of an ounce gold American Eagles. Very hard to find. In short supply. And with every coin that you purchase, you'll receive five of the Mind Your Business silver bars at no cost. I think silver is almost as important as gold is now uh in fact some ways if you have very little money silver is probably uh more important to you call 866 goldline 866 goldline or goldline.com do it now the glenn back program
Anyway, uh, here's the latest from uh, the neighborhood psychopath, uh, Keith Oberman. It has become necessary to dissolve the Supreme Court of the United States. The first step uh, uh, is for a state uh, is for a state. The court has now forced guns upon to ignore this ruling. Great. You're a court. How and why do you think you can enforce your rulings? Hashtag ignore the court. Even if Roe versus Wade is not overturned, do you think that we would say ignore the court? That is that's sedition. What he's saying here that is uh, calling for the end of the republic. You don't dissolve a Supreme Court because you disagree with the rulings. This is craziness. I mean, you know, Roe versus Wade not overturned. I don't see the right rioting. I mean, I don't even see most of the right even marching because it's really hot. Maybe in October, but...